it's opposite end of our show. So it's 62. Uh, definitely, that's definitely going to be the numbering after the old live show thing, after the archives went up. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, check out the YouTube channel for that. As soon as YouTube finishes processing the video version. Uh, you, you say in case they missed it, but I mean... <laughs> Just, you know, just, I'm just being, uh, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Hopeful? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they missed it, is, is what they I'm missed, saying. Yeah. They missed it. Yeah. Uh, and the audio version is also up on the, the feeds, but, um, you should watch the video version because I, because I edited the audio and, uh, it, you'll just be confused if you listen to the audio version. Mm hmm. So, uh, <laughs> Check check out check it out on the YouTube. Uh, it's on the it's on the audio feed for posterity. But uh, yeah, you need the visual uh, component. I would yes, say. Yes, I'd watch, say watch so. Lot, we watched a lot of videos. Uh, so <laughs> that'll help you out. Um, we got probably uh, a little more of a bare bones uh, outline of a show this week, but that's fine. Uh, we'll just power through. It's it's um, funny. We have less to talk about, but we're also talking about everything. That's right. Everything just, everywhere. Yeah. All, just at all, all, all at the same time. All at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I do, I do have a, uh, one topic of discussion to open with. Um, and I have a very strong feeling though, that this will get cut. Um, that's what you love to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is going to be this is going to be one of those things where like, well, we'll finish recording and then you'll immediately say to me, it's like, yeah, we should probably cut that. So um, the other day, uh, your mom visited my parents. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I, I don't know if she mentioned anything to you. Um, Just that there visit. was there was talk about possums is is all I've heard about it. Oh, OK. Uh, so she didn't she. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so she didn't say anything about my dad. Uh, no, not specifically. Okay, well, uh, he was he was in rare form. Um, he I don't I don't know why. I think he might have had too much coffee. Okay. Um, and also, hi, dad. Because <laughs> I know you can listen to this if this makes it through the edit. Um, he was in rare form. He was really energetic. Um. I did have to ask my mom if, uh, jokingly, if she like spiked his coffee or something. But he was he was in rare form, um, and for some reason, I brought up uh, whenever we talked about um, a few weeks back. I guess it was the last dating is dead. Uh, my my rubric for um, age gap. Yes. Where 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 I explained that uh, if somebody's too close in age to my little brother who's ten years younger than me then they're too young for me. And you thought I was a crazy person. You know, honestly, um, I, I've thought about that. That's pretty reasonable. Um, okay. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. It's reasonable. I was just trying to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't even know what caused me to bring this up, but um, my dad did agree with you and say uh, something to the effect of like, yeah, it has nothing to do with my brother, blah, 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 blah. So he was like making a similar argument that you were. Um, uh-huh. And then he was also saying the older you get, the less the age gap matters. And I, 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 I didn't agree with that. I feel like uh, it should be the opposite. Right. That's, that's what I said. I said the, the, as the older I get, like the narrower I want that to be. Um, and then he started talking about you specifically. <laughs> uh-huh. And then so he was convinced then that you are going to find somebody younger than like much younger than you. Okay. And so and so then he is like talking about it so so much that he is now like like certain that it's going to happen as if he's like Nostradamus. He's like he willed like, it he's willing it into existence. He's he's willing it into existence and he is so certain and that he is so certain of the fact that it's going to happen 
purely because we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And that is his only that is his only rationale and his only evidence. He's not bearing in mind your personality, your your morality, anything my lack of you, my lack of dating. Anything anything about you specifically just the fact that uh the conversation happened uh-huh. and um so there's that so like he thinks that you're going to date like a 20 year old by the way that's the number that's the number um that's the number is a 20 year old um <laughs> this is fascinating yeah and so I, I didn't get into this with him but i wanted to bring up the fact that he is like basically professing his belief in Jungian synchronicity uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what came to mind, and, you know, we're talking about the movie later, but isn't part of uh-huh. uh, everything everywhere, it's like, if you, with the multiverse theory, part of it is that if you imagine a scenario or something you it sort of now exists in a in a different uh universe right um i thought that only um like was a like possibility she, for the she made the main character oh it's only for the main character what because she of was because she was special got it okay so i don't have that ability so there's no like alternate universe me that's having this reality that your dad made up <laughs> right i so like i think he is convinced that he has this Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ability? Mm-hmm. He's alpha um dad. <laughs> right. Yeah, he 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 does have an inflated sense of importance. So like, yeah. Um but yeah, he's he is d- deathly serious convinced that this is the course of events that will take place that you will date a 20-year-old. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to let him down or anything, but at the same time... That's pretty young. <laughs> it's a bit young. It's a bit it's young. It's a bit young. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's, um, I brought up in the same, uh, same conversation, I brought up that rule. Right. I, I mentioned, which I mentioned. Yeah. Which I think would fall out of that. Uh, it would. For me. I think I'd be out. That's younger. It's, it's about a year younger, right? The yeah. Half your yeah. age plus seven or whatever. Yeah. And so, so when I brought that up... He was like, so he lives by this rule. I'm like, no, I don't think it's a hard and fat. Like, it's just a, it's a common thing that people is like, but, but that, that's, he lives by that number. I'm like, no, I don't think he's like, first of all, he doesn't do anything. So like, yeah, I don't date at at the moment. So so, I don't go by any rule. (laughs) Right. So, but he was, yeah, this is, this is what he was convinced of, especially now that it was spoken out into existence. Sure. This is, this, this is what's going to happen. Um, and your mom really had no reaction, by the way. She was just sort of letting him sound like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Which he did. He definitely sounded like a maniac. Okay. All right. <laughs> interesting. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, um, did he, like, if it, never, you know, I don't even want to go down this road. Um, no, what? 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 Let's say, like, a scenario like this did happen, right? Uh-huh. Is it because I was informed about it, and then it's like a um, self-fulfilling like, prophecy. self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. So you th- so so have I either have I caused it to happen by telling you about it? No, because you're not the um, original. It's you're not where this idea originated, right? Your your dad spoke it into existence. You were there, so you heard it. So you're a crucial step, right? right? And then so you brought it to me. So like it's a chain a chain reaction that's what i'm saying so if i didn't bring it up right now to you would it then not be self-fulfilling it would then be synchronicity also i should say this is all very uncomfortable because i would not date a 20 year old i that's what i understand and i made that abundantly clear to him Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> just to make that clear, but, like we're just all speaking like, hypotheticals. But when it comes down to it, I would not. That, that's, that's too I, young. Yeah, that, that's what I said to him. But he was convinced purely because we were talking about how you wouldn't. Uh huh. So he wants me to sound like a hypocrite. He wants this audio uh, footage that's that's out there no. on the Internet to contradict my future. No, actions. he's he's convinced that just because, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he actually did? Uh-huh. Like, it's just it's just kismet. It's just like some weird uh, egomaniacal game to him. It's some kind of sort of metaphysical what if experiment <laughs> yeah. in his head after drinking too much coffee. Right. But yes, I, I made it very clear. I was like, I don't think he's going to date somebody that young, but it didn't matter to him. It didn't matter. It's just the fact that he's speaking about it. Him saying, wouldn't it be funny if mm-hmm. that is enough to alter the chaos theory of reality? Can you ask him to um, say the statement? Wouldn't it be funny if Ian won the lottery? I could try. And we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I could try. Okay. See, like he's like he, he he sometimes thinks he's like the Wizard of Oz, and like he can like I don't know. He's he's got problems. <laughs> he's got problems. He was in rare form. It was. It I feel was like I've let evening. him down because I've I've already dismissed this whole thing, and it's just not going to happen. So I feel like I've let yeah. him down in, in a twisted way. He was also talking about some weird event that no one else remembered, and this will get cut. Oh, like but, a uh, like oh, what was it the um the what's that like phenomenon that thing that happens where people remember history differently the mandela effect yes yeah maybe but it was like but this is like a personal event oh okay so like so this 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 look a cut because you probably don't want this out there but like uh, uh um some girl showed up at your house asking if you were home what meanwhile your meanwhile your mom doesn't recall this happening i don't know if this ever happening but he he's saying he remembers this this story taking place how and i'm like when are we like, talking here like how long i'm ago? like i'm like dad this had to have been high school so this would have been over a decade ago. And he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm like, how, is, how are we supposed to remember that? Yeah. And then and then he starts saying, he's like, oh, well, I think the girl was younger. And I'm like, younger than what? So um, I take it you you obviously don't remember any. No, can't okay. say I do. I didn't I didn't think so. I told I told him as much. I was like, I told he's not going to remember any. Well, of this I wasn't bullshit. home at the time, obviously. Right. <laughs> I don't know why he would have that information. Right. I told you he was in rare form. Maybe he has like this this connection to uh... you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he's seen your past, present and future. Mm hmm. Uh, well, I saw this TikTok um, uh-huh. and it was somebody talking about how uh, time is just like a like a construct that the human brain does to like sort and organize things where like the past, present, future is just like all happening simultaneously. And it's just how humans perceive it. Right. Uh huh. I guess that's like backed up by science. I don't know. I couldn't really say backed up by science. Uh huh. Like scientists have have discovered this discovered it i mean you, you've heard about you've heard this theory before right it, it, it it's a it's a construct of perception uh-huh it's how we perceive it to be right causality what, like things what about ha- causality like, like we we perceive things to happen in a specific order right in a sequence which is time yeah but really like that's that's not what's happening like everything like past present and future that's all happening simultaneously right so like uh synchronicity i'm good I, I i have to keep doing it says that uh events are not linked by a what we would consider a logical um a causal connection mm-hmm. so like 
basically what my dad is doing is describing synchronicity. He's saying that like us talking about a thing causes a thing to happen. Yeah, even though the two even the two even though the two have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, cuz our minds need to make sense of what we're experiencing and we have to like find connections when they might not really exist. Right. We need to explain things to ourselves and that's how we come up with with these uh cause and effects, right? Right. But then again, like cause and effect is a real thing. Sure, but but in 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 the perception of time, it's it's how could it like be? We, because everything's we see it, we see it sequentially. Mm-hmm. Is this where you thought we would end up? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I figured you would have stopped me like 10 minutes ago and we would have moved down to beautiful cinema. No, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. It's interesting. I want to know what was in that coffee, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was on. I, he was. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could ask your mom. She didn't. She didn't see. She was just hanging out. But uh, yeah, he was up to he was up to some shenanigans. Um, but speaking of, we do have a beautiful cinema. Yes. That's beautiful cinema. Fantastic. So the um the video uh podcast that we had, you played the the beautiful cinema intro. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't hear it on our end just because of the way the audio was set up. Is yeah. like what's before he says that, what's going on? Is it just silence? Is there like an interviewer saying something? No, you don't remember the whole clip. That's I don't remember the, the whole clip. That that's where that's where Cinema Lover is uh taking off her panties. Oh, that's off, right. Off screen. How could I just, have forgotten that? He's just staring. He's just staring. How could I? So I, used, so I just used a bit of the beginning of where he's just staring and says that's beautiful <laughs> cinema. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's also where uh, Harry Styles got uh, his his uh, inspiration for uh, his song "Cinema," which, if you know that, makes makes a lot of sense there. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we we sort of already mentioned it but we watched everything everywhere all at once uh a lot a lot of people kind of saying that this was like the best movie ever i know it was a lot Um, to live up to it really was and uh, and like for me for me it very much did yeah Uh uh-huh oh yeah that was pretty good what is that like i okay i don't know what that is that's like that's like somebody saying oh it's okay I don't want to be contrarian. Uh-huh. Like, I really don't. Like, it was good. Uh-huh. But it, it wasn't, like, like as great as everybody was making it uh, out to be. It was okay. a good movie. Okay. All right. I think it could have been shorter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, uh, like, it had, like, three different setups, like, exposition, like, dumps. Mm-hmm. And, and they should have just, like, picked one and used it. So we order the three different like I don't know it happened a bunch of times like I don't know if that's the exact number but like um at first I was actually kind of uh well I don't know should we should we explain the plot first Yeah can you <laughs> before I dump in um uh yeah like uh 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 a, a Chinese American family um operates a, a laundromat business uh and they also live in the upstairs half um and uh it's it's they're gonna have a party later that night but they also have to uh be audited at the irs the same day uh and the the mom character uh played by michelle yo is that how you pronounce that uh yeah yeah okay um is like you know trying to fit everything in uh and her daughter's there with her girlfriend uh and her dad is um like well the grandfather like her, the mom's dad mm-hmm. uh is now uh like living with them from china uh because he was like sick or dying or something um and like all these things are sort of happening all at once yes there's there's the, there's the title mm-hmm. um and uh they they go to the irs office and uh some weird things happen and then all of a sudden she can experience um multiple universes that that's that's sort of like the setup 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a multiverse um, story. Yeah. And it's the best damn multiverse story I've ever encountered. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, don't, I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's like Marvel. Marvel, right? Yeah. Wishes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> you're, like, you're like trying to pick a fight with me over that. Like, in... <laughs> No, I knew you would agree with that. Um, um, but like, so like at the beginning where they were like, it was sort of like this indie drama, like at the very beginning of the setup. And then all of a sudden it sort of does a hard pivot whenever the multiverse shit is introduced. And I was kind of like, well, wait, I was like enjoying the, the family dynamic stuff. Uh-huh. But that's all wrapped in like along the way. Well, well, it takes a while to get back to that. I mean, did you so not like, know that this was like a genre uh, mixing, spanning type type movie? I knew that there was multiverse stuff. Sure. Um, But I didn't. Um, like I, I try to go into these as, you know, as blind as possible. Right. Um, so like th this was like, this was like my experience, like watching it. I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to go back to the family dynamic stuff. And it takes like maybe another 40 minutes for that to get folded back in. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the sci-fi jargon that they're throwing out, you know, like, and I know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but like it was, it was hard to follow. Oh, okay. It really was. See, I felt um, the opposite because I, I felt like for as much as they were doing in this movie and, and they were doing a lot, right? Um, and as like complex as everything was, I felt like it was very easy to follow along with. I felt like it was so cohesive and coherent and um, in a way that like so many ambitious genre movies can maybe, that might be their downfall where they get too caught up in like exposition or maybe things like timelines or whatever get complicated. This, this felt very... Um, th this was just like very smartly plotted, I thought. So by the end, I would completely agree with you. Uh-huh. But whenever things are introduced and they're like body swapping yeah. and stuff, I was incredibly confused. Yeah, but so was the main character, right? Yeah, so but like I don't think I was confused. I don't think I was confused for the same reasons. Oh, okay. Interesting. I was, I was confused about the like specific mechanics of like the body swapping. Like I was not confused about why he like chewed a piece of gum from under the table, you know? Sure. Yeah. I was confused about like, okay, so he, he took the personality of another version of himself from another uh, universe but he's still the same personality from the alpha one mm -hmm. in in this body. Yeah, it's so like he's actually like so yeah, so he's actually like three in one. So like I was confused about that and like just like the specific mechanics of things. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, like it's, as soon as it's introduced, you're like, oh, what's, you know, what's happening here? But it's all like explained eventually. And I always have the assumption that it will be, you know? Yeah, kind of. And I was also a little annoyed that... Um, like that beginning sequence was just the Matrix. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's I guess it, in a way. It, no, it, no, it was just the Matrix. He was just Neo on the phone or, or, or Morpheus on the phone explaining to Neo what to do in the office building, like literally. I mean, sure. But you have certain devices that just work in, in a type of like, I mean, you have to have them doing something right to, to I, I just feel like that's unfair because I feel like this movie is doing even so much more than the Matrix. Um, By the end. Yes. But like this was what I was this is what I was feeling like, you know, 40 minutes in. It's like a setup device. Yeah, that was one of them. And then so then you have that again. Then you have basically another setup where the family is like looped in on what's going on. Sure. Which I felt was much more effective, much more effective. That felt like another beginning of the movie. Like, I don't feel like the like the movie really began 
until um what's his uh, what the james is it james hong or james wong the the grandpa the actor oh um i'm not sure i think it's is it james hong i know he's like a legendary actor it's james hong i was right okay um until he uh like start speaking English basically, uh-huh. which, which sounds, which sounds bad, but, but like, that's whenever like he was actually a character in the movie. Um, cause otherwise he's just kind of standing there. Uh, well, so, that's, that's after his like alpha version comes into life. Yeah. So I, it felt like the movie didn't really get started until that point because that's when the whole family is looped in to what's going on. And now you have James Hong, who's, you know, actually involved in the movie. Um, so like that felt like the actual starting point for me. And that was like, like an hour in. Yeah. I was going to say that's like almost halfway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's why, that's why I felt like uh, you, you could have cut some stuff from this. All right. Well, how about the rest of it then? Cause you did, you said that you, um, it was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It just kind of took a while to get there. Okay. Um, I, I felt like some of the, like, um, and this is, I know you're not going to like this, okay. but some of the, uh, like family guy cutaway gags, the, the, the I can't really believe you just. I cannot believe you just. I, I, I knew that. I knew that was coming. You just dropped uh, Family Guy in comparison to this wonderful, I, wonderful movie. Yeah. Well, uh, I. That's what it reminded me of. Um, they really didn't do much for me. Uh, I so felt like some what? Comp- like the Rakakuni like, stuff? Yeah, the Rakakuni. Uh, Such and a good hot bit, dog, though. And hot the hot dog, dog hands. No. Creep me out every time I saw them, but it's still a good bit. No, the fir- the one where they literally just cut away to show the hot dog hands <laughs> and cut back was a Family Guy bit. No, it's it's better that's, than that. It's better than that's that. like Family Guy. Um, I felt this is like this com- is like this is the same thing you did when we were talking about Coda, and you called it a no, like no, a, no, no. a Hallmark movie. No, no. <laughs> That whole movie was a Hallmark movie. We don't we don't need to rehash Coda. Um, but like I to me, like a lot of the comedy did fall flat for me. Damn. Um, the funniest stuff was the the family dynamic. The Rakakuni was only funny because of uh, like the joke between the family. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't need to show Rakakuni. Yeah, no, because it's a good visual gag and it fits with no, the no, multiverse no, 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 no. stuff. It was, it was funny. It's... It was funny because of the misunderstanding between the family. Right, that that's sets it was, off. But then the the rest of the funny joke, about it. the rest of the joke no. fits in with their whole multiverse thing. It's, no. it's it was very clever. No, I, I really liked it. No, that was Marvel shit. No, 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 no. That's Rocket Raccoon. You're mixing the two up. Uh, not, not, not. No, not because the raccoon. I'm talking about the style of humor. I know. The style of humor. No, because the Marvel lines are throwaways. This is more than a throwaway. Right. So was that. No, that it wasn't. and the hot dog fingers were a throwaway. No, because the hot the couple in the like they had a whole arc. Yeah, and then they do the feet thing, which was really gross. That was actually it was gross. also gross, but funny. That was, that was grosser than the hot dog hands, actually. Oh, come was on. The feet. Come on. Um, but no, but but like but the the actual comedy was um like actual lines delivered by Michelle Yeoh and like her husband, mm-hmm. uh, that was like where the the funny lines were. Yeah, that's where the not, movie really shined the most. Yeah, not yeah. not the not the dumb throwaway shit was my, my real point. Um, because that stuff did feel like Family Guy. Uh, so, no, I agree that the dynamics between the characters are funnier. I just don't think that those were throwaways. I thought those were clever. But anyway, moving yeah. on, moving on. Um, but yeah, like I, I liked the, the, the visual motif of the, I don't, I don't necessarily want to spoil it, but the, the whole. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, um, so good. There's, it reminded me there's this, um, one town over from us. Every time I drive by, there's this, there's this bagel place mm. and it's always crowded. Like they get oh, a ton okay. of business there and I, I, I wanted to try it out. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I don't know. 
there, there's the uh, there's like a running joke in uh, season three of Barry. Uh huh. There's like a donut place that's constantly crowded. Oh, is there? Yeah. It it sort of comes out of nowhere. It's like a, it's like in the second half of the season. Uh huh. About this bagel place or, or a donut place that's always crowded. Yeah, I need to catch up on that. Yeah, but anyway. But yeah, that was such a cool um, way to to show that concept, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite, I think my favorite scene in the movie. There was a lot of of great ones, standout ones, but my favorite was the the two rocks yeah. and, and the text, yeah. the text dialogue. That was terrific. Yeah, like so simple but so effective. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm saying. Like this movie's so ambitious and it packs so many ideas and concepts in it, and like it's literally about everything, but it's also just about this family. And it's just it was so effective for me. Like it's a very moving story. It's a very high concept piece of like science fiction. It's like I've always been fascinated by the whole multiverse theory and like you know how how the parallel worlds branch out and that whole thing but i've never seen it um portrayed this like clearly mm-hmm. you know and i really like that yeah and the characters are fantastic mm-hmm. and the costumes my god the the sort of like uh quote-unquote villain of the film every time that villain shows up in a different costume it's like so striking yeah they really got to uh have some fun with that it's kind of boring to talk about like oh how much did this movie cost to make but I, in this specific case, I'd be curious because, um, like, ultimately, it is an indie movie, right? This is like a, if you can call a twenty four indie. I don't, I guess you, I don't know if you can anymore, but, um, but this movie like visually looks so good, and it, it has like, there's just like it's so detailed and so involved. I just, I'm curious, uh, like, Wikipedia says twenty five million. Yeah, like there, this like outdoes movies that cost like four or five times as much in the terms in terms of like visual, um, like detail and like ambition you know mm-hmm. so yeah i just loved it i i lived up to all the the hype for me yeah i i thought it was good that's disappointing i, I enjoyed the ending <laughs> i i don't think it was disappointing like i you know yeah no i know i just i just think uh it, it it's impossible for it to live up to like literally everybody and their mother saying oh you have to see this movie you have that's to the see other thing movie. For a movie that's so, um, that's like so high concepts and has so much going on and that it appeals to like everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that that's yeah. impressive on its own. The fact that it connected with, with so many people yeah. really speaks to what they accomplished with it. Yeah. And e- yeah, even me as a, uh, you know, a stupid white boy, um, <laughs> yeah. a lot of it hit close to home because I dated an Asian girl once. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I mean, at this, I also think there's because like, I don't know if this gets into spoilers or not, but like the idea that this family, like this version of these characters in this world compared to the other universes, this is like the quote unquote worst version Mm, they find out. Right. And they're sort of grappling with what that means and how it's affected their lives and their relationships with like their family members and just like their life trajectory. Right. Yeah. Um, that's all very like universally relatable, I think. Mm-hmm. And that is what is at the core of the film. Like that yeah. is like the, the big takeaway for these characters. That's what it's ultimately about. Right. Yeah. So I think in that sense, like that is so, what, what so many people are connecting with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very timely. Just the people grappling with a, a sense of nothing mattering and, you know, things spiraling out of control and, uh, feeling like you, you have no influence on, well, anything. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and this is, this is, uh, a piece of art that is addressing that. 
So. Yeah, because like one of the um, towards the end of the film, there's a, a line where one of the characters says nothing matters. Right. But mm-hmm. and that's usually something that you hear in, in regards to like, I don't know, nihilism or just something negative. But in this case, it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a positive statement. It's like a happy statement. It's, it's sort of like a freeing, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to mention is that the uh, the laundry and taxes line was something that I had seen on Twitter countless times before seeing the movie. Yes, me too. And I didn't know what it was referring to. Right. It's still hitting like very hard. It was very, yeah, very good line. Yeah, the yeah. context too of that specific like timeline, mm-hmm. which I love the aesthetic of that and the whole movie. Here we go again. Movie within a movie type of thing. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, that was all really cool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, any um, uh, any final, final thoughts? No, I, I definitely think it's worth the watch. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I would just make I don't I don't know if I would say temper expectations. But just like, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good idea, regardless of what you're sure you don't want to have something you don't want to have to live up to something like, you know, you have an idea of, of what a thing is in your mind. That's that's kind of tough. It takes yeah. it takes something truly exceptional sometimes to live up to, to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I which think, in this case, it was <laughs> for me, for me specifically. I think but. for I think for a lot of people like that were gushing about it, like. Had no expectations. Had no had no expectations, and then mm-hmm. were completely blown away. So yeah, because yeah, because these are like the people. Effect. Yeah, the people that saw it like at a festival or, or in a theater when it first came out or whatever. They didn't yeah. get that that social media reaction yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, you also put in here uh, a new HBO series. Yes, um, very excited about this one. It's it's called the rehearsal, and it yeah. is Nathan Fielder's return to television. Um, I mean, he's like executive produced on on some really good stuff, like uh, like How to with John Wilson, um, which is also an HBO series. But this is like his 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 own show. He's writing, directing, starring in it, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I did also watch this last night. Um, yeah, because as we're recording this, there's only been the one episode so far. Yeah, uh, I I am I desperately do not want to spoil the conceit of this show because the reveal of what's going on, like at the beginning, is tremendous. I agree. So I think we have to. I think we have to really dance around. Yeah, speak very broadly. What's going on? I just wanted to bring it up because I was like blown away by this first episode and, and where <laughs> this, the show is potentially going. So like, if you don't know Nathan, Nathan I was going to say Nathan for you. Nathan Fielder had a, a pretty long running show on Comedy Central called Nathan for You, where he would um, consult small businesses and come up with these outrageous, elaborate plans to like help them turn their businesses around. Mm-hmm. And it was like a very like like candid show, right, where these people are presumably like real and everything's real the businesses are and and you're sort of seeing them react to Nathan's like just ridiculous plans and so much of the humor comes from like the awkwardness that he brings and the just absurdity of the situations that they find themselves in right yeah and the the escalating nature of the plans yes absolutely uh from from where it starts to where it ends is is, can be pretty wild um so that show ended a few years ago and now he uh has this hbo series and it feels very much like an evolution of Nathan Mm -hmm. for you um he's got hbo money now yes <laughs> and is very very much utilizing it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so it has like a lot of the hallmarks of what you would expect from a nathan fielder show like his style of, of comedy and all that but just based on this first episode like the possibilities here and 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 the the lengths that he's willing to go are they just feel everything feels deeper yeah 
Um, Mm -hmm. And just the basic premise of the show, which is not spoiler because it's basically like the synopsis and it's in the the title. It's called The Rehearsal. He is doing his consulting thing again, but instead of small businesses, he is helping people with life choices or um, events in their lives that they are struggling with. He is helping them rehearse for these events, right? So in the case of the first episode, he uh, is working with this guy who has a confession to make with one of his to one of his friends and he's really nervous about it so nathan's job is to help the guy rehearse how this situation will go so that when he does finally confess in real life he will have all his bases covered and like he will know everything he's getting himself into right because like the fear comes from the unknown like the unknown of like how his friend will react maybe there's like some unexpected disruption um that like really throws him off right Mm -hmm. any sort of number of scenarios could could kind of like interfere with this this plan and so nathan is is really uh helping him rehearse every every angle but what i really love and I, i'm so excited for the rest of the series is that this show is tackling like i don't want to sound pretentious here but like it's really getting at some like at like the essence of like the human condition here you know because it's it's hitting some some really serious stuff in like the the typical like nathan fielder style of humor and awkwardness but it's really getting at like some some serious like anxieties and fears and and social constructs and all sorts of things you know yeah yeah like there there were hints of that in nathan for you there which were is, which is probably you know this is like it is this is the evolution where like um he would create uh through lines for the the version of nathan that he's playing um, where like he would be constantly seeking friendship or 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 a romantic interest, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. As he's as he's trying to help small businesses, you know, or things like that. And um, he he would um make comments about how it's hard for him to uh you know approach people or or whatever. Like what, what was the one where he was trying to help his um uh like one of his assistants on the show like get a date who, yeah who was, the, who was the little the short little guy oh god it's I been for, a while I, but i forget yeah. but like um there were there were episodes like that um and and yeah this is this is going further and and deeper into it where it's like you are dealing with people's deep-rooted anxieties mm-hmm. and as you see in this one whenever um like a band-aid has been ripped off like the floodgates just kind of fucking open yeah and it's fascinating and it's not just the person he's working with too like that is the main focus but as we see in the first episode towards the end nathan himself is of course intertwined um Mm -hmm, i'll say mm -hmm. with all of this it with a very brilliant moment towards the end which i definitely won't spoil but it, it comes from nathan himself and and sort of like his takeaways and and the person he's worked with like the, they're talking about like they're basically debriefing right mm-hmm. after the whole thing and, and there's certain takeaways that nathan has from the whole from the whole ordeal that are really striking um and i'm sure that could turn into a through line here um i, I could definitely see that being the case where like nathan is exploring his own issues throughout this this season even though he's working with somebody different every episode right um but yeah it, it's very very much a good idea not to spoil anything i'd highly 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 recommend this just based yeah. off the one episode that's all we've seen so far i can't mm-hmm. wait to see the, more the turn in like the first 
four minutes or whatever is <laughs> it's like your eyes go wide immediately yeah yeah it's so good and, oh, and i also love how um the comedy is never di- like the comedy is never directed at the subject it's always like nathan that's like directing the comedy if that makes sense right um because i feel like any lesser show would tap into like the anxieties or like the i don't want to say shortcomings but like the issues that somebody's dealing with and it would like turn that turn the audience on them and like laugh at them but that is like the opposite of what's happening here yeah well well there is the one moment where in the one rehearsal where like they were rehearsing like i guess basically like the worst case oh could happen yeah that's true but but then it's more like i guess like I think the reaction you're supposed to have is like, well, what the fuck? Why would that ever happen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. More so than like pointing and laughing at the subject. Yeah. If if anything, like for the most part with the <laughs> subject, the it's I like, had. yeah, yeah. No, it's like there's a lot of empathy in the show. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very promising i i didn't expect any less from from nathan but yeah this right is, this is awesome yeah i can't i can't wait mm-hmm. just something new every week <laughs> yeah as somebody like i've struggled to keep up with any tv really this year um no less week to week shows but i am watching this as soon as it comes out mm-hmm. uh yeah so i had for next week the movie to watch was going to be rakakuni but based on your reaction i think i'm gonna have to scrap that I thought I think we saw it all, right? We saw yeah, the whole we, did. we saw the whole plight. <laughs> we did. Uh, but did you actually have um I, yeah do you want to because i did i did actually have a real movie um, yeah sure i thought we could check out x which is okay. another i believe a 24 movie surprise surprise yeah. um i think this is like a slasher type horror film um yeah came out a few months ago and i've been meaning to watch yeah it. you know it's another one that i downloaded and haven't seen yet so that's there perfect. we go there we go <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know much um, about it aside from like it's uh, like a adult film crew. I'm assuming encounters some horrific shit. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's supposed to be sort of like uh, maybe like an homage, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw and like things like that is all. That sounds good um, to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll check that out for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, uh, just have a quick little Moogle for you. Um, so I started, uh, watching, uh, an anime this week called Akudama Drive. Um, and this is sort of a, uh, it's a, like a cyberpunk crime thriller. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, the concept for it was created by the creator of Danganronpa and it's produced by, uh, his new, uh, game studio. I guess they also have like an anime division now. Um, and the, the setup specifically is that, uh, it, it's in a cyberpunk version of uh i get like it's not the kanto region it's the one well i guess the kanto region and then the one next to it well anyway like the the two prefectures in uh japan um and uh uh basically just like a normal girl gets like sucked into um like the criminal underworld just kind of based on happenstance and being in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's usually um, how it goes isn't it yeah and uh she was basically chasing a cat is like what happened okay. so then all of a sudden and all of a sudden she's sort of like sucked into like being involved in like a, a group of uh super criminals like banding together uh sort of suicide squad style like they get um uh like you know uh bomb collars attached to them and they have to do a job so it's 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 suicide squad kind of mm-hmm. um and uh it's it's very much in the style of Danganronpa, like visually, um, 
and like characteristically uh where um like like just just like in the art style alone where like characters have like thick lines you know around them and um uh like like the characters are very over the top uh and eccentric um like each of the criminals is only known by their alias which is basically like what they do so the hacker character is just hacker um sure and there's like a a, a serial killer doctor and so then she's just doctor um and then she's not <laughs> she's not serial killer she's she's doctor no okay. no because she well because she like um she's like dressed like you know like sort of like a, a provocative nurse mm-hmm, or i guess mm-hmm. doctor character and like she uses needles and whatever to kill well serial killing like is not her occupation it's her hobby right i'm assuming uh, yeah i guess um but then the, the other serial killer character who just cuts people's heads off his, his he's cutthroat um okay. <laughs> and then the the guy that drives the high-tech cyberpunk bike is courier um sure so it's like yes yeah, so like they're all named after what they do um and of course there's a talking cat uh because you got you got it's an anime you gotta have a talking cat um but yeah it's just it's just like high energy you know uh like the, the action's really well animated um it, it just has such a good sense of style and like of course it does because it's like from danganronpa artists and creators so like uh of course it does i'm only like four or so episodes in um and it's a lot of fun so far um but it's it's also like it's also got a lot of decent commentary about it mm-hmm. like um because the two regions are were basically separated by a nuclear war um and so the the lower class region was hit with a nuke they don't say it's a nuke outright but they said a new type of bomb you know um and they revere the higher class region because the higher class region helped them after hitting them with the nuke so you can kind of kind of see where that's coming from right yeah um so like there's a, there's a good bit of commentary um, you know, it, it's like, it, it's a police state, uh, you know, there's, there's robotic police everywhere. Uh, there, there's a lot to it. And, um, it, it just has so much style. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. It. Uh, cause when you put it in the show notes and you mentioned Danganronpa creator, um, yeah. I assume this was a video game. Right. Yeah. 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 Is I that typical for, them. for game studios to, to like, uh, delve into anime? You know, uh, not usually they usually like, you know, adaptations are usually outsourced mm, to yeah. actual anime studios, but, um, he left, uh, Spike Chunsoft, which was the, um, publisher of, uh Danganronpa and made his own studio a few years back Mm -hmm. um and I guess they also made an anime division um because I saw in the credits that like it listed the you know the game studio as like this the animation studio unless I'm misunderstanding um but uh it might be a little easier like I don't know like the the um you know the the artistic translation one-to-one but like Danganronpa and the other games that he's made were visual novels right so um and a lot of those did have, uh, you know, anime cutscenes and, uh, you know, things like that. So there might have just been uh, artists that could work in animation and, uh, you know, it, it might have been a better transition mm-hmm. than a different style of game. Um, I'm yeah, that makes sure. sense. Or they did just hire for animation itself. I, you know, I, I don't really know, um, like, the, the ins and outs of the studio uh, in particular. But... Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good so far, and uh, I really hadn't seen anything about it. It was just um, you know just scrolling through Crunchyroll, and uh, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is from the Tank and Rumpa guy. So yeah, airing um, currently or completed? It's completed. I think it uh, was from 2020. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's wrapped up. I think it's only like 12 episodes. So cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm gonna finish it up. Uh, 
I, I do soon. mean this when I say it that I, I'm interested in checking it out and I, I might yeah. even start watching it. <laughs> but um, you know, just how it goes with me. I don't know. I can't. Sure. I my attention span has just dwindled and dwindled. Uh, but uh, it should be easier because these are only you know 22 minute episodes at at, at the longest. I like, know. So. I know. It's it's. I don't know how my mind works. But um, I also have <laughs> uh, the anniversary edition of Danganronpa sitting on my Xbox. Oh, nice. Which yeah. I need to. If I just break myself away from these stupid sports games uh, for sure. five minutes, I need to dive into that. But yeah. But yeah, that yeah, sounds cool. Also, it, yeah, it's also got a lot of the same, like, similar humor to Danganronpa. I mean, it's not it's not as, like, you know, over-the-top comedic as Danganronpa is. Um, but, yeah, it's it's still got that same sense of charm and uh, comedy as Danganronpa. Um, yeah. And this is, like, removed from the high school, like, setting, right? This yes. This is something very yes. different. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah, is it's, cool. it's, like, it's, like, these group of eccentric, like, adult criminals. Right. You know, like, in a, in a suicide squad situation. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, Akudama Drive. Um, and so uh, I did want to talk about um, the uh, new Otessa Moshveg because uh, you you mentioned to me that you uh, dropped it. I did. Um, and and so I'm I'm like maybe a little over a third of the way through so far, um, and I'm I'm really into it. So I'm that's a little, good to hear. I'm a little confused. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> yeah, um so this this novel's called uh Lapfona, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Um but yeah, it's like a medieval set uh story and the Lapfona is referring to the uh town that it takes place in and you, you mm-hmm. follow the characters that are uh living through some horrific times um with the exception of the sort of like ruler of Lapfona who lives separately on this large estate. Um, and yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of really depraved and disgusting things happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, to what end, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with why I wasn't uh, clicking with it, I think. Um, so so it was just it was just too miserable for you? Miserable without much like meaning behind it. Um, it felt like it was it's it's darkly comedic very very darkly comedic um and that humor also wasn't really landing for me Mm. especially when you get to the estates which i don't know if you've reached that part yet yes i have that really i was like kind of rolling my eyes at that point um because like the ruler of this place is like very much the cliche like like man child's very idiotic but he's like extremely rich so -hmm. like he can get away with anything um like you've seen that before in various sorts of fiction um but yeah i don't know there's also like this uh cannibalistic sequence that was kind of like the last straw for me i'm like why why are we doing this i think i'm about to get there okay (laughs) and i i really love it's like it's like being teased it's like being teased sure oh yeah it'll go from a tease to a very detailed description very soon um no, I, I'm a big fan of Otessa Moshevik, and that doesn't change. You know, I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited to, to read what she comes out with next. Um, and she's always had a, a style that is... There's a lot of bleakness to it. There's a lot of... Um, like, My Year of Resting Relaxation, which I think is her best novel, is about a woman medicating herself to escape the world for an entire calendar year, right? So it's 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 definitely messing with some really dark themes. But like in, in that case, there's a lot of character work that I think uh, it, it's, it just gives it purpose. 
and gives it insight that I feel is lacking here. I feel like almost she's like is telling this extreme, like telling a story that is about as depraved as possible. And that sort of seems to be the sake of it. Mm. Like, I don't see much beyond that. Like you could, you could argue there's some class stuff going on. Um, Cause like, obviously you have this, this guy who's living very fruitfully while there's a massive like drought that's just like wiping out humanity around him. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some religious themes, how like faith can guide you in some. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So it's, you know, about how faith can guide you to some really dark places, but like, I don't know, been there, done that, you know, I, 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 okay. I feel like maybe this isn't hitting anything for you because you're not Catholic. That could very be, that could very much be the case. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you're not Catholic enough for this. Or you were not raised Catholic. Right. So you don't have the, um, like, this is dealing with the so much, like, self-flagellation and guilt mm-hmm. that the the church uh, instills in you um, for its own ends mm-hmm. and to um, make you subservient to its own power structure. And that's basically what the, the book is about. It's about the church uh, enforcing its own power hierarchy mm-hmm. uh, and using faith as its weapon to do that. Um, and you see that by like pushing people into a feudal caste system, even though like the people that are involved, like the, the father and son that are involved and part of the suffering uh, are not even members of the local like church. Right. But they still have this instilled faith in them that uh, suffering brings them closer to God. Yeah. Uh, And so they literally beat themselves and they starve themselves and they the 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 boy becomes uh, uh, a psychosexual masochist. Um, Yeah. It's like the big driving force in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. to the point where he he wants his father to uh, literally step on him and kill him. Um, like anytime he does something slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so like yeah, this 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 whole this whole book is about religion. Um, well, there you go. That's that's like, kind of like, what I was missing. Yeah, I think I think so. And like like I think you mentioned this um, whenever uh, you first started it, but like the uh, let me pull it up. Um, the, the, the epigraph is, um, a Demi Lovato quote. It is. Yeah. And it's, I feel stupid when I pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that does, that does connect. Um, and actually I think there was, there was actually a, uh, something that I highlighted from the book, uh, that I'd like to, um, this, this, this basically to me explains, uh, the entire book. Okay. So like, um, the, the, uh, the two main characters, the, the husband or the, the husband, the, um, I just read that word. Um, the, the father, uh, and the son, the father in particular, uh, is a, a, a sheep herder. He, he, he raises a sheep, um, and he, he cares for them. Uh, so, or I guess lambs, the other lambs, not sheep. Uh, he cares for them so much that like he, he, he cries when he has to, um, sell them, uh, you know, um, he, he cares more about them than he does his own son. Um, and, uh, he, he's, he's very weird about the sheep or or, I keep saying that he's very weird about the lambs. Um, and, uh, so yeah, let me just read this here. 
Um, uh, the lambs kept for husbandry were in mourning too. Jude couldn't look them in the eyes. He felt guilty for having sent their brothers and sisters to be murdered. Instead of begging them for forgiveness, he treated the remaining creatures cruelly, pretending to forget them when they came in from the pasture, them yelling for them to hurry up, as though they were unwanted, left over from a time he wanted to forget. But he depend depended on those young sheep to keep the flock of new babes on the home range. Um, and I highlighted this specifically because this is the attitude the church has towards its congregants. Mm, yeah. This this is the this is the way the church like cares for its people. It will siphon your money and your literal soul away from you, but it doesn't actually give a single fuck about you. Mm -hmm. It will not ever address the fact that uh, the church is uh, just a, a place of rampant child sexual abuse. It will not like it doesn't care that it will extract free labor from the elderly. Uh, it, it just the, all the horrific abuses that it doles out. Um, but then they will bitch and moan and moan about how the young people don't go to church anymore uh, and all this kinds of shit. They will like kick you on your way out, but then bitch that you left at every every single turn. This this is this is exact like like you just replace the word lamb for like congregant or churchgoer right. and Jude for the church. And this is describing how that relationship works. Um and so th th this is a book about like Catholicism. Yes. And something that you uh, clearly have strong feelings about, which <laughs> I think does does make all the difference here. Um, I think so. Yeah. Because like, you know, in her previous novels, um, they're very much about a character at the center of it who is like drifting through life has, you know, very little purpose struggling with all those things like that is that is my shit right mm -hmm. like that's always gonna ring ring true and so i think i was missing that sort of element here yeah um because i don't have that like connection to church or anything like that and i do mm -hmm. wonder if that is maybe speaking to uh why this novel has been very mixed uh overall like critically mm -hmm. um, i wonder if it comes down to the specific uh reviewers like uh, connection with the themes here. I think so. And I, I, I do think it also, like, I am getting to uh, the parts where you dropped off. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't want to say it's like turning into torture porn, but it's almost getting there. Mm -hmm. um, like, I have to see where it's actually going from that point. Because, like, you, you, you do feel it was sort of like this just aimless misery. Mm -hmm. And where at least, at least up till this point, I haven't felt that way at all, clearly. Um, is that but sustainable now that though? Now that we're dealing with this, like this Lord, you know, in his little, in his little mansion. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now where are we going with this? Now, now where are we going with this? Like, like clearly, um, uh, Jude, like giving up his son is like this, uh, you know, um, what was it? Uh, fucking, was it Isaac that had to, like God told him to kill his son like a couple times? Sounds, I forget which Bible. sounds right to me. I don't know. I forget which Bible story it was. I think it was Isaac. Um, so like, it, it's sort of paralleling that, but like, okay, so now, like now where are we going? Yeah. Cause there's another half of the um, book left. Yeah. So I, I need, I need to see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand, you know, uh, like I, 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 I didn't, I, I, I didn't feel very strongly about her last book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's sort of like the ending sort of came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, that one felt that that's like, uh, death in her hands. Uh, yeah, and that one felt m more like a draft. Yes, or like an in, an incomplete idea. Um, yes, 
that was given an ending. Um, but I, I just, I liked the idea that she was working with. So that's what really kept yes. kept it all together, you know? And, and another thing that I want to mention is that uh, normally she is very focused on... Uh, female perspective the female point of view female characters yeah and and this is in stark contrast to that mm -hmm. um this is a a, a a heavily masculine uh perspective and book yeah i can um, only think though, of i can only think of one female character that's like featured prominently uh so i guess so far there's two so you have um the sort of like uh grandmother figure yeah who's and, the other one and, the, and then the the servant girl oh yeah, yeah yeah you're right um mm -hmm. and that's that's it because the the mother is an absent character yes um who is basically just dramatic irony uh the character <laughs> um yeah and yeah that, that's that's it so far um yeah uh so so this is this is a very different um perspective than she's usually writing from time period too well yeah of course um but like that's that's more just like this like setting rather yeah, than cause it's, you know it's, it's written in very contemporary like, yeah 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 and, and it's and it's so non-specific too it's just like vaguely european yeah uh you know mm -hmm. um but that's that's mostly because it's it's like meant to be allegorical it, it doesn't need to be like what do you gain from being told that this is like you know somewhere in france right in in, in a specific year um you, you don't gain anything from there's that. no value in that no yeah um if anything like this just frees you from having to deal with any like historical context that would exactly potentially bog things down exactly yeah so then you just refer to a group of people as the Northerners and the Southerners and mm -hmm. you, you go from there. Um, but yeah, th this is a, a very like masculine perspective and she is, is dealing with um, themes of masculinity and what that means to each of these individual characters and how they feel about it mm -hmm. and what that means in relation to their, their faith too. Um, like, uh, you know, there's there's whole there's that whole scene about the the son discovering that the father masturbates and what how he feels that like what that does to him in the eyes of God and shit like that. You know, right. like there's just it's full of that kind of shit. Um, and then there's this Lord who I think she's alluding to him being gay. Uh, at at some point, so you know, I have to see where that goes. But like, there's there's some of that going on. Um, so yeah, she's dealing with different sides of masculinity. Um, there is a lot going on, but it, I, I, I can't see where you would like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm That's glad, enough. I'm glad that you've, you've, um, given this, uh, perspective to it and this like mm -hmm. context for it. Um, that does make me appreciate it more. I'm not going to return to it. I don't think, mm -hmm. but that is good that you're taking stuff away from me. Um, cause like I said, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to whatever I'll read, whatever she comes out with next. I just True. like, I've learned at this, at this point to, uh, drop a book. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not into it, there's too much, yeah. too much to be read to, uh, struggle through uh you know reading something that you're not getting much out of you know right but yeah yeah i was just curious uh for the for the specifics of why you dropped it because it, it did surprise me that uh you did yeah i know um, i was excited about it but it happens it happens yeah it yeah. happens 
Um, you had something else here. I did. I threw another book on, in the okay. notes just because we were on the, the subject, something I'm mm-hmm. reading. I'm almost finished with now. It's a memoir by uh, mm. Catherine Schultz, who is a, uh, a writer at The New Yorker, and she's won a Pulitzer. Um, and so she came out with this book called uh, Lost and Found. And um, it's definitely one of my favorite books that I've read in recent months. Mm. It's uh, it's a memoir that's split into two parts, you know, Lost and Found. So Lost is about grief and found is about uh, falling in love, right? So the grief is about um, her losing her father. And then the second half of the book is about how she met and fell in love with her uh, wife. Mm. And um, yeah, this is just a very, very moving uh, work. Um, The like simplicity of the like the structure of it is kind of deceiving because like there's there's a lot going on here in terms of like she's she's pulling mostly from her own experience, right? With these with grief and and love and these big themes. But like, Mm -hmm. so you have that going on but there's also sections that um, pull from like literature and poetry and philosophy, um, science, like all sorts of things that tie in. Um, And it's just like a beautifully written, like very insightful, very profound book. Um, Interesting too, like the, the, the split, like down the middle where you have this recounting of the months. Well, first the, the weeks and days leading up to her father's passing, then the months and years afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it's all, written well after the fact at a point where she has found like happiness again in her life um so just like the ability to go back and 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 sort of uh detail all of that again was really interesting and then to pivot right into like the happiest moments that this person has experienced like meeting somebody and like it, it's it's a uh, the way that she met the person that she had married was it's not love at first sight but there there there's something very specific about the first time they met that i'm not gonna like sit here and and like paraphrase but like the way that she like recalls that first meeting and the ones after that like in the weeks after that it's just like so um i guess like clear-eyed if that makes sense like it's very like Mm. i don't know there's like so much clarity into her uh like insights of her experiences which just like like these are themes that are like universal Mm -hmm. you know um yeah like i don't know i'm not explaining this well but it's it's a very good memoir i'd highly recommend it um it's just a terrific writer a terrific voice um like just the way that um i don't know there's something about because she's like in her mid-30s when she meets this person that she would marry Mm -hmm. and she's talking about how she's like at this stage in her life where all of her friends are like moving on to like like marrying people having families yada yada that whole thing Mm -hmm. whereas she's like wanting that but also in the life that she's like created for herself and like her routines and and her like um what she does with her time like that's just not leading to that outcome right Mm -hmm. uh not that she's stuck but like almost complacent and um i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot about how like the idea of searching right because the concept of of lost and found the found part of that is searching and how she was not searching when she met this person and yet like her life fundamentally changed from that day on mm-hmm. um, in ways that like it's exactly what she could have ever hoped for but wasn't expecting which I thought was really powerful um, I don't know if I'm making any sense here I'm trying to like no, summarize no, no, no. what I liked about about this book um, yeah and there is something about like writing about the process of grief from a different place which like I, I pulled up this Phoebe Bridgers uh, clip from an interview that she did and this is like somewhat related I think um, it's 
it's about something different for her it's about like the romantic romanticization romanticizing um like uh the sort of like uh sadness and like melancholy and mental illness that's in like the music that she writes mm-hmm. um and like the misconceptions about that so i don't know if, if we can play this this clip from from phoebe i think it's worth I think that it's typically pretty romanticized mental health issues. Like now it's fashionable to be depressed and bipolar. Um, so I think writing about it in a song will kind of inherently romanticize it. You know, um, you're setting it to beautiful music and you're dressing cool when you're on stage. And, and at least when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be exactly like that. Um, so I think it's important to talk about how we're all trying to get better. And it's that's not a that's not the end goal is having stuff to write about. The end goal is is helping yourself and going to therapy and stuff. And I I found personally that helps my creative process a lot. Like I was so depressed for so long that I couldn't get out of bed and I wasn't doing anything and I certainly wasn't writing. So, um, but then I would look back when I was healthier and write about some of the really dark times in my life. Um, and I just want, I, I hope everybody knows that that's what's happening. It's not, um, you know, you're not writing your best work from the mental hospital. You're, (laughs) you're, uh, you're writing your best work in retrospect and, and hopefully normalizing it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just think being more open about like the range of of mental health is important of that thank you yeah so like that i think is what this book is doing in a way mm-hmm. like it's doing a lot of things but like the structure of it like there's a lot of value of course in writing about um grief but that's like only half the story here, right because right. like ultimately it is coming from a person who is um happy with where they are in life and that just makes the um the storytelling of like going back and like reliving that grief process even more powerful i think because you do mm-hmm. see the person on not on the other end of it because like it never fully leaves you but like you're at a point where you're able to uh like live happily alongside it right mm-hmm. um and that's like with phoebe bridgers like it's you know people refer to her music as like sad girl music or whatever um but like she said in that clip like she's reflecting on these times it's not like she's living through all that currently which i i do mm-hmm. think i do think gets lost um like with a lot of mental health discourse discourse like there is definitely that uh romanticizing aspect of it which i always find uh, a bit uncomfortable because nobody like if you're actually there in that place you don't want to be there right it's only when you're mm-hmm. no longer there that you can sort of appreciate like you can appreciate it or like talk about it or make art about it right which is what's what's happening there i do agree but i I'm, i feel like at the same time like i i do hate the fucking you know this romanticization of having depression as, oh yeah as somebody that as somebody that is heavily medicated for major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like the, 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 the people that are uh, like Phoebe Bridger's songs are resonating with a group of people that could be experiencing what she's, she did experience, you know, mm-hmm. like they might be experiencing that in the moments that she was experiencing it in the past. 
I think that is the difference. Um, yeah, no, I and that's the purpose of it, right? That's yeah. the it's sort of like the uh, the familiarity of it, the comfort of it. Mm-hmm. If you're in that place, you have music that is relatable, right? Um, which I think with this memoir, I think is the same thing. Like if somebody is relating to what this person had gone through, that's like that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you take it a step further, it's like, oh, I want to be like Phoebe Bridgers. I want to be this depressed person. That's just absurd, right? Yeah, because um, I've I've seen that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it's know, like bizarre. it's it's not it's not good it's not the mentality to have um yeah. i don't know if any of this made sense but i do recommend that book <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fucking bizarre it's like no no you don't want to live like that no no <laughs> you, you really fucking don't it is not fun it is not quirky <laughs> right <laughs> it is it's not a uh it's not like it sucks it's not a quirky personality trait no it fucking sucks it's a form of illness it sucks ass yeah yeah that shit really bothers me Mm -hmm. yeah me too but it's coming (laughs) it's coming from people that aren't experiencing it which is even more frustrating because if they were they wouldn't be talking about that way (laughs) my culture is not your costume But yeah, it's a fairly it's a fairly um, short book. It's it's very uh, I think very I think anybody could could take something away from it. It's it's a great it's a great memoir. I don't read a ton of nonfiction um, mm-hmm. either, so so this was nice. Yeah, sounds like a good read. Um, I think we covered everything this week. Okay. Yeah. Somehow we still almost hit two hours. Oh, not really. I guess after all the editing. Yeah. No, this one's much shorter than our usual shit. Okay. Yeah. In real in real time, we almost did. No, 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 no. We're fine. Um, mentioned it at the top, but uh, if you missed our first live streamed edition, because because I know you were all waiting, you were all waiting on the Twitch notification. I know you all were. Uh, <laughs> catch the archive on YouTube, or if you want to be really confused, you could listen to the audio version up on the feed. Uh, and it, it it is separated. It's live number one. So you yeah you'll you'll see it. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, feedback is encouraged. Uh, we tried some experimental shit. Um, that makes it seem like we're like, you know, like, I don't know, some Warhol artists or some shit. And, uh, we didn't do something like that. It was just, um, we watched some videos. We watched some videos. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, I no, that's to... not to downplay the graphics and everything. There was, it was, it was a cool, um, like the interface of it and, and all the visuals were, were well, uh, well done. Yeah. So yeah, but, uh, feedback encouraged, uh, if you'd like to see, uh, something that we could do in more of a visual medium, then, mm-hmm. uh, please let us know. And of course you can send some of that to video at denandro.co. Uh, you could stay anonymous if you wish. Also, if anybody um, has any prophecies for what we might encounter in our lives in the future. Sure. Yeah. If you would like to start the chain of synchronicity or, uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, you know, just send it our way um, and we can sort of dissect it and maybe, you know, maybe we can read the cards. Maybe we can see what the cards have to say about it. Or we could leave the cards um, out of it. We, you know, you who's, know. To, who's to say? <laughs> Uh, and yeah, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead and Road. Check out the Facebook at facebook.com slash Dead and Road TV. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dead and Road TV. We'll be doing a live version of the show uh, once a month. Uh, and oh yeah, I got to kind of explain the schedule. So yeah, we'll be doing one live stream show once a month. Um, the precise timing will be uh, to be determined um, like what week of the month. Because I got to figure that shit out. I don't know. And then three of these regular episodes per month. Uh, and then the live stream archives will go live on the following Wednesday. 
And as usual, there will be a new episode of the program every Wednesday, as long as I don't have any kind of editing or copyright trouble. So it, it um, still amounts to one one a week. It's just one of those yes. will be a video. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's that's a lot easier to understand than mine. <laughs> It makes sense in my head, but then I'm like, yeah, let me just... Okay. Well, see, that was my last... my The whole thing about the book. And, like, I started talking about something. I'm like, oh, this this all makes sense. But then I start talking about it. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I'm coherent. Sure. But... Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's still still weekly. still Wednesday. But one of them is a video. Yeah. That is a lot. That's a lot easier to digest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week.